Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Thank you for this time together. We don't take it for granted. Thank you for the privilege of being able to gather with each other and knowing that you are with us, in us, and for us. And tonight, God, help us to grasp Uh, truth uh, from your word. You are truth. Your word is truth. Cause it to ring alive and afresh within us tonight. We thank you for it. We believe you for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said. Okay, just before we get into the class, I've got uh, something to share with you. These These are actual bulletins that appeared in church bulletins that were a little bit <coughs> misprint, and you'll see. One, the first one is, don't let worry kill you, let the church help. <coughs> Thursday night potluck supper, prayer and medication to follow. They meant, obviously, meditation, but medication. This being Easter Sunday, we will ask Mrs. Lewis to come forward and lay an egg on the altar. At the evening service tonight, the topic will be, what is hell? Come early and listen to our church choir. (laughs) These are legit. Bertha Belch, a missionary from Africa, will be speaking tonight at Calvary Memorial Church in Racine. Come tonight and hear Bertha Belch all the way from Africa. (laughs) Fasting conference. The cost for attending the fasting and prayer conference includes meals. And uh, one, one last one. Miss... Charlene Mason sang, I shall not pass this way again, giving obvious pleasure to the congregation. (laughs) So, this is uh, the second night. If you were not here last week and don't have the class from last week, I do have some uh, in my office. And if afterwards you would see Cindy, who is, they're all out there. Never mind. They are all out on the table. And so if they are gone and you don't see lesson number one out there, then get with me and I will print you up one. Uh, These are are truths that will help us. And we need help, don't we? We all need help. We're talking about growing in knowing. And if we are going to live like Jesus wants us to live, we're going to need to know Uh, and grow in our knowing of who we are and what we have through Him. Colossians chapter 1 verse 10 says, And we pray this, in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing (coughs) in the knowledge of God. And so if we're going, in order to live that life worthy of the Lord, to please Him in every way and bearing fruit in every good work, 
we need to grow in the knowledge of God, and all of us do. It doesn't matter if, if we've been uh, a believer for a week or uh, 50, 60, 70 years, there's always something that we can uh, learn or, or learn again. Uh, most, a lot of the truth that I'm catching are truths that I have heard or known, but then you just get a hold of it better. You know, it becomes part of you. And so we all need to grow in knowing no, 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 no matter how long we've been Christians. Isn't that right? Second <clears throat> Peter chapter 3 and verse 18 says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and then 1 Peter 2 verse 2, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And so uh, I, I didn't put this in your notes, but it was in uh, the, the class last week, and it's Philemon or Philemon, however you want to pronounce that. And verse 6, it says that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. And so every one of us, when we are born again, God just loads us with good things. And so our life then with him is learning and growing and knowing what he has already given us. And so uh, I have uh, printed out, and I think most of you probably got these, it's a list of who we are in Christ. And I, I encouraged you last week to go through the New Testament and the, the letters uh, that were written in the New Testament and, and every place where it says in Christ, by Christ, through Christ, in Him, by Him, through Him, all of these phrases to, to underline, circle them or something, because and, and, they all share with us things that we are or that we have through Him. And so I printed out some of these. I compiled these some time ago of uh, who I am in Christ. And it's a great list. It's, it saves you a lot of the work. And so it's just verse after verse. I am God's child. I am justified in Christ. I am Jesus' friend. I am a member of Christ's body. I am established, anointed, and sealed by God, and on and on. And all of these, they see, it's, it's critical for us to get a hold of that the, this isn't just something that was written for someone else. All of these truths are who we are, every one of us, when we give our lives to Christ. And so we just need to know it and then believe it, and then practice it. Amen. Isn't that right? <clears throat> okay, so tonight, we're going, and then next week, uh, we're going to look at several of the things, uh, uh, specifics of who we are and what we have in Him. And, and I'm, I mentioned this last week, the sad truth is that there are so many believers <clears throat> who feel less than and live a less than life when Jesus paid the price for us to become more than and more than conquerors uh, uh, and to live a more than life, a life more abundantly. I just read that in John uh, chapter 10 and verse 10 today. Uh, the thief, the devil, comes to steal, kill, and destroy, 
Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. And so uh, I know that we all have things that happen in our lives that kind of make us wobble sometimes, but we should never wobble uh, from the truth of God's Word and what He has promised us, and that is a life more than, more abundantly. And so I want you to say this with me tonight and just repeat this with me. I am growing in knowing all I have and all I am through Christ. And it's a lot. You, yeah. You're good. I didn't mean for you to, but it is a lot. And so that's what we're going to find out uh, more of tonight and then next week. And the first thing we're going to talk about tonight is one of those central truths that is so critical that we get. And see, there are a lot of Christians that hear this truth and they will uh, acknowledge that it's there, but sometimes we have a hard time grasping the reality just because of our own minds and maybe our lives. And so, Roman number one. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. <clears throat> so what this means is when we got saved, we got righteous. <laughs> when we got saved, we got righteous. <clears throat> the next verse is, I call it one of my life verses. It's one of the verses in the Bible that has changed my life and I'm still drawing from this today, and we need it. For 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, it says, For he, God the Father, made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God Amen. in him. Amen. That is one of those verses that you really need to tuck away and, and meditate on, think about, and, and dwell on. Uh, Jesus became sin for us that we could become the righteousness of God in him. And uh, when this verse became really real to me, I was uh, pastoring my first church in Winslow, Arizona. It was small uh, work that had just been pioneered a couple of years before by uh, Joe and Becky Whitinger, I followed them in, into that church, and there was so many challenges, and most of the challenges were in me. In other words, my lack of experience, I was only 23 years old. I'd only been saved for four years, and I was thrust out to, to a pastor, and so I'm still just, you know, trying to get a hold of things, and I'm uh, uh, struggling, wrestling in new ministry, and I got a hold of a little booklet that was written by E.W. Kenyon called The Two Kinds of Righteousness. Uh, E.W. Kenyon was one of these uh, men who wrote about faith back before it became a popular subject, really. I mean, it's always been popular from, from the beginning of God's people. But, you know, uh, in, in our kind of modern, you know, 1900s and then he wrote early in the early 1900s about this, and he wrote about uh, our righteousness of God 
through Christ and then the righteousness that we practice and all. But the, the truth that got a hold of me was, was this very verse, and he expounded on it, that we become the righteousness of God in Christ, and that that being so, it can change our lives. And I got so excited about it, knowing and believing that my righteousness wasn't just based on my performance and how I was doing and how good I was or how good I was doing, but it was based on the righteousness of Christ that I mean, it, it excited me because it, it changed me in the way I thought about prayer and everything, that, that I could come before uh, God the Father not on the merit of my own worth, but through Christ and what he made me to be. And I got so excited about it, I got in the, uh, my car and went over to a guy in the church, uh, his house, uh, the Roy's know him, Lou Argensinger, was one of the guys in our church there, <clears throat> and I was just telling him, man, I said, this is incredible. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. And I think <clears throat> Lou, you know, he was kind of had, had been a believer for a little bit, and, uh, you know, he was kind in the way he responded to me, but I don't think he got, ex I don't think he caught it <clears throat> like I caught it at that time, you know. <clears throat> and the truth is, from that time, I've had to reorient myself in this truth. And it's something that every one of us <clears throat> needs to grab a hold of. Because it tells us, because of what Jesus did, God, the Father, sees us differently. <clears throat> when we look at ourselves in the mirror, all we may see <clears throat> is us. I don't know about you, but sometimes I look in the mirror and I kind of go, you know. <clears throat> but listen, there is a lot more to us than what meets the eye. <clears throat> Where we may see us, God, the Father, sees the righteousness of God in Christ. <clears throat> when we ask Jesus to come in our hearts, we're born again. And God begins to see us as righteous as Jesus. Amen. Now, I know that saying that, it, it's hard for us sometimes to wrap our minds around this truth, but it's the Word of God. And I want you to tell yourself, I believe the Word of God. <clears throat> Theologians call this principle or this truth imputed righteousness. And that means that when we got saved, God imputes or puts Jesus' righteousness in us. And he sees us differently, as righteous as Jesus. Isn't that kind of a mind blower? Somebody just go, Pfft. yeah, I did. I did it for you. This should make a difference in how we see ourselves. We are righteous. We have the righteousness of God in Christ, and this means something. Our righteousness in the sight of God isn't based on us. It's based on the righteousness of God through Jesus. In Romans chapter 5, verse 17, it says, For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive 
abundance of grace, and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. And so our understanding of our righteousness in Christ will help us to uh, have confidence in God and in our ability to come before Him. It will help us, as the Bible says here in this verse, to reign in life through Jesus. And we're going to talk about ruling and reigning through Him next week. And these are terms that we as Christians, we throw out sometimes, but we really need to get a hold of them as far as how they really apply in our lives. I am not so much interested in getting a heavy revy that just uh, stirs my mind up. I want something that I can get a hold of that changes my life, that I can live by, live through, and, and that'll help me. And I think you do too, and that's probably why you're here tonight, right? Thank you. <laughs> there there are, are so many believers who wonder, why would God ever hear or answer their prayers? You know, it's like, well, why would God listen to me? I mean, really, just look at me. <clears throat> but we don't have trouble believing that God the Father, when Jesus was here, heard his prayers, do we? Because he was the Son of God. He was righteous, Right? Because of Jesus, God will hear and answer our prayers just as he answered Jesus' prayers. We have been made the righteousness of God through him. And so, uh, because of this, we have access. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 12 says, In whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. That's great. That's wonderful. That's really good news. Now, there are a lot of pl places in this life that we will never get access into. If I go tomorrow morning to Mission Bank, they'll, they'll let me come in once they open the doors. They'll let me come in the front door. I can go and stand uh, at the teller window, but they are, you know, they're just not going to let me have access to their vault. If I try to gain access to their vault, then you're going to be reading about me uh, whenever the Daily Miner publishes it, you know, with hands cuffed, because I don't have access to the vault, right? Uh, if you or I go to Washington, D.C., you know, we're not going to get access to the Oval Office, more than likely. No, you don't need to say anything about that. I, I already, I, I hear the thoughts being shouted, so you don't have, but we will probably not have access to the Oval There are lots of places in this life that we will never have access to, but there is one significant place that every believer needs to know that we have access to, and that is we have access free admission in the presence of God to ask and receive what we need from Him. Every one of us, free access to Him. Ephesians 3 verse 12 says, In Him and through faith in Him we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Psalm 40 in verse 1, David is writing, he says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined to me, and heard 
my cry. Now, sometimes when you read the Bible, you need to get a visual of, of what he's saying. David is talking about praying, and, and you've got to recognize, too, this is Old Testament. In the New Testament, it's so much better. We have so much uh, and should have so much greater awareness of the presence of God and our access to Him. But there were some characters in the Old Testament, their faith launched them into a different dimension. It really did. Uh, Abraham and Moses and David and some of these characters, their faith kind of reached ahead and saw things uh, and, and had revelation that so many other people back in those days never had. And so David had a grasp of the presence of God, and in prayer, he could picture when he cried out to his father, and you got to picture this, that God not only heard his cry, but when he prayed, he, he could envision God leaning over, listening intently, and answering. Amen. Now, that's an image that every one of us that have been born again ought to be able to carry with us. And that is that when we pray, God is actually leaning forward to hear and to answer. And we need to know and grow in knowing that we are righteous, and because we are righteous, we have access. This was one of those things that happened right after, right after I gave my life to Christ, the awareness of God answering prayer just, you know, and, and being right there to answer that prayer. My most told story ever, and some of you have heard me tell this umpteen times, uh, and Nancy, for sure, Nancy McCamish has heard it because it's, it was Don McCamish was preaching a revival and in the church that I got saved at in Flagstaff. I'd been a, a new believer for like a month or maybe a little more, and he was preaching in a revival, and he was ministering in word of knowledge, calling people out and giving them words and from the Lord. And so I'm a new believer, and I'm on the front row, and I don't even remember really what I was praying about, but all I knew, remember is that I was desperate to hear from God. And so I'm on the front row. I've still got, you know, hair, long hair. I had hair and long, and so I'm sitting there as a new believer. I'm all of this is new to me, but I'm seeing him ministering, and I'm thinking, man, I, I, really, I just got to hear from God. And in my heart, I cried out to God and just said, God, I need you to speak to me, and I need you to speak to me now. And this is no exaggeration. Don had already called out another lady in the church, and he stopped, and he said, uh, I'll, I'll speak to you in just a moment, but God has redirected me. And he pointed at me on the front row and he said, young man, God has a word for you. And I mean, I almost fell through the floor. And I thought, oh, Jesus, you know, uh, forgive me of everything that, uh, you know, whatever, you know. And so, but it was a word from the Lord right at that time where God, and I realized I had access to the Father. It's such a revelation for us to know that he not only hears, but he answers. And it you know, after that, I remember thinking, God, I'll never doubt you again. Because you heard my prayer here, I'll never question you. I'll never doubt you again. And I would love to be able to tell you that never happened. But, 
But we have to relearn this, right, again and again, and that is, is that God is faithful. He does hear our prayer, and it may not come just right at the moment, the answer that we're looking for, but listen, He does hear, He does answer, and we can have assurance because we are the righteousness of God in Him and have access. Tell yourself, I have access. Okay, so we are the righteousness of God in Christ. Secondly, tonight, and we're going to deal with this a little bit, and then we'll pray, but we are rich in Christ. (laughs) Wow, that was a a hearty amen there. Listen, we are rich in Christ. Uh, I used to tell my kids, when they were little, I'm the richest man in all the world because Jesus is my Savior and you're my kids. And I told them that to let them know what Jesus meant to me and what they meant to me. But you know, I'm believing this more and more as time goes on about what I have in Him and how rich we are through Christ. And I know some of us, and especially you come in in right around Christmas time, uh, and there may be a struggle or wrestling financially, and you may be saying to yourself, well, you know, I am a believer, but, uh, uh, you know, talking about being rich, I, you know, you should see the balance in my checkbook or something like that. But listen, we are rich in so many ways, and God will even help us financially with our resources and money. Aren't you glad for that? Okay. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And so we may say, yeah, and amen to that, verses like that, not really understand what it means. So when he's talking about here, of blessed with spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ, it's not just saying these are things we're going to just get when we get to heaven. Uh, It's not that we have to wait until we get to heaven before we get really blessed, right? right. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and goodness. And so here, God's Word tells us we have everything we need, but it's only recognized through our knowledge of Him. We grow in knowing what we have in Him. And you know, we'll be a lot more confident. We'll have a lot less anxiety or worry about what's going to happen in our life if we get a hold of this truth. And so somebody say, I'm getting a hold of it. The more we get to know who we are and what we have in Him, the more we'll understand we have through Him everything we need. When Jesus asked the disciples to feed the 5,000, it was a lesson in growing in knowing. And so I've I've recorded, uh, it's here in your notes, in John 6, 5 and 6, And then verse 11, and it says, When Jesus looked up and saw the great multitude or great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? 
And he asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Then Jesus, in verse 11, took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted, and he did the same with the fish. So this was a test for Philip. And we have to imagine what it must have been like for him. Jesus asked, how are we going to feed all these people? And, and Philip is wondering the same thing, right? And so, uh, but the Bible says that Jesus wasn't worried about how he's going to feed them. He already had a plan. And listen, you and I need to know this about God. He isn't worried about how he's going to meet our needs. He has a plan. The test was whether Philip was going to be able to trust God to provide even when the need was extreme. Now, this was one of those things that I had to learn in, uh, in my early life as a believer and then as a pastor especially, and it's something, again, that I'm still, you know, there is no lack with God, is there? But we need to grow in knowing that. And I, to this day, I'm still growing in this knowing. How about you? In Psalm 23, verse 1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. I want you to say this with me tonight. I have everything I need through Jesus. Philippians 4, verse 19 says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And there are those phrases again, uh, uh, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Every one of us will face the test that Philip faced and probably a number of times in our life, and that is whether we're going to trust God to provide for us. And I think this is going to become more important in the days to come. Uh, if, if you have heard me teach or preach any length of time, you know that I'm not one of these doom and gloom uh, preachers. I have, I have a positive outlook uh, ahead toward what we have to look forward to in Jesus and what God's going to do and all that. Uh, but I also know that, that that positive outlook comes not just because I have this, you know, rosy uh, view of what's going to happen in the world and on the world scene. The reality is, I believe that as a nation and throughout the world, we're going to continue to face uh, some challenges uh, in our faith, and, and there may be difficult times socially and economically in the, in the future, in the world, and in our lives. Some of us are there tonight. We're, we're experiencing some things that are, that are difficult. And so uh, we need to have an assurance and confidence in who, who we're serving and what he has for us, right? We aren't promised a life without storms, but we are promised a refuge in the storm, which there's a song about said, never mind, I won't do that. Psalm 46, verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. If you read through the Psalms, you'll notice how often David 
And the other men who wrote some of these psalms referred to God as a refuge, a shelter, or stronghold. It's all through the psalms. And so that tells me something, and that is that God's people often find themselves in circumstances where they need a refuge. Anyone here ever feel the need for a safe place to run to? We all do. And we are promised a refuge or a safe place to run to, and it's the presence of God. We need to know this if we're going to feel secure in the future. And not only that, you know, the days that, that we are living in are, are difficult. And there we are as a nation and in the world, there have been difficult times in the past. We, as God's people, need to be a testimony to, to others that we trust Him and that there is a place that we can go to. Uh, there is someone who cares about our needs, who will meet our needs. And we need to be uh, examples of people who believe God and show others that we're trusting Him to meet our needs, right? It'll be a testimony. And so we are rich in Christ, and that means He is willing and able to provide for us. And, you know, God can be very creative in how He provides uh, Matthew chapter 17, verse 24 through 27, gives a great example of this. <clears throat> when they had come to Capernaum, those who received the temple tax came to Peter and said, does your t teacher pay temple tax? And he said, yes. And when he had come into the house, Jesus anticipated him. I love that. Saying, what do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take customs or taxes from their sons, or from strangers. And Peter said to him, from strangers. And Jesus said to him, then the sons are free. Nevertheless, lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook, and take the fish that comes up first. And when you have opened its mouth, you'll find a piece of money. Take it and give it to them for me and you. That's classic. And this, is, this is, is, is interesting because after Peter had the conversation with the tax collectors, Jesus, the Bible says, anticipated him. And what that means is, is that before Peter even had a chance to ask him, Jesus anticipated the need. Amen. Now that helps me. God anticipates every one of our needs. He knows what we need now, and He knows what we're going to need in the future. And I know that there are those here tonight that you've wondered, you know, what am I going to face in the future financially? And listen, God has already anticipated our need. And so I don't believe that means that we can be financially irresponsible. I don't believe that we should just go ahead and charge up our credit cards to the max and say, well, God's just going to have to take care of it, you know, that kind of thing. I believe in being financially responsible, right? right. I believe, in, and Cindy and I have practiced uh, giving 10% of our income and giving offerings besides, and we practice this our whole Christian life. And our assurance for the future, it isn't 
in government. It isn't in Social Security. It's in the kingdom of God and kingdom security. We can trust that God knows our needs and cares enough to meet those needs in the days to come. Now tell yourself, I believe it. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 31 and 32, Jesus is saying, Therefore do not worry, saying, What will, shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. God knows, right? Or He anticipates all of our needs, and He loves us enough to take care of us. And he can be very creative in how he takes care of us. A coin for a fish's, from a fish's mouth, you know, I would have never thought that up to pay my taxes. Never in a million years would I have thought, you know, I need to pay taxes. I guess I'll, I'll go down to Lake Mojave, cast a, uh, you know. And I don't know that that would work for you and me today. But it worked for Peter because Jesus told him to do it, Right? And God can be creative in the ways that he provides. Five loaves and a few small fish to feed 5,000. Who would have ever thought? But Jesus multiplied, right? When I was uh, pastoring a church in Rancho Cucamonga, California, there was a lady in our church that was a single mom struggling, you know, and, and had financial needs. She was praying, and she was faithful in her life to God and all. And so she uh, had a loan at the bank, and she was, had just scrimped enough to go and make that loan payment. And she goes one day to make that her loan payment, and as she gets to the teller, the teller, you know, you know goes through, and she goes, well, uh, that, that loan is, has been satisfied. It's been paid. And the lady says, well, no, because I'm the one that took the loan out, and I know I have a balance, and I came to make the payment. I think there must be some mistake. And she said, no, that loan has been paid off. And she never did find out who, who did it, how it happened, but whether it was God, probably someone uh, caring for her, a Christian uh, man or woman or someone paid off that loan for her, but God met her need. And God can, can do things like that to help us. $50 as a new believer to me changed my life. I uh, uh, had been a Christian for just a short period of time. I had a, an Irish setter that I dragged across the country with me. And this, this dog was, he was a backslider. I'm telling you, that, that dog, he was... I raised him from a puppy, and, and oh my gosh, I stayed in some of the rattiest places in, in Flagstaff because they'd allow me to have that dog, and he kept escaping, and anyway, one day he escaped and went running around on the town, and he got hit by a car, and it broke his leg, and so it's going to cost uh, money that I didn't have to to get his leg repaired, and so I'm I'm a new believer. I'm thinking, you know, every, just, you know how things affect you. And so I'm, I'm thinking, you know, well, I don't, I don't know, you know, this is, money is tight, and I just don't know if I'm going to be able to stay in Flagstaff, and, and I may just go ahead and go back uh, 
uh, to Alabama and all this. So this is swirling around and, and a crisis. And I go to church one night and the pastor comes up to me with an envelope and it had uh, my name written on it. And I opened it up and there was $50 inside. Someone just knew that I had a need. I found out later it was Ron Simpkins, but he never, never let me know at that time. And he had disguised his signature, you know, and all. Uh, I didn't put his name down, mine, on it and disguised his handwriting so I wouldn't know. And, and so that $50, when I opened it up, I thought, if, if God cares enough to answer my prayer and help me financially and people care enough about me, how, how could I go somewhere? Had I gone, I would have probably missed no doubt would have missed all that God had before me, you know. I was, I was trained in that church in ministry, launched out from that church, and then my life kind of just went on from there. That $50 blessing changed my life. And you and I need to know that God anticipates our need, and he'll come through, and he'll help us. Isn't that right? Okay. James chapter 1, verse 17 Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father. The Bible is an endless list of God's miraculous provision for His people. And He isn't limited in the ways that He can meet our needs. We may think, well, God, it would just be great if you did that, or if you, you know, I, Lord, I love that story of someone going and paying off that, that woman's loan do that, you know, and we, uh, we can have ways that we think God ought to answer our prayer, but He's unique in the ability of being able to meet our needs, and so we just need to trust Him that He's going to do it, right? <coughs> Believe and trust. Yeah, we simply need to trust that He will supply our need according to His riches and glory in Jesus. The end. God bless you guys. Let's pray. I want to I wanna just lead you in a prayer and in a confession tonight. I'm just going to take this and, and kind of piece it out. We'll pray it together. And I want you to pray this with me. I believe God will provide for me because He loves me and loves to provide. I believe that I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me your own righteousness. I have access to the Father at any time for anything. I am rich through Christ. I will trust in your provision in every area of my life, in your name, Jesus, amen. Would you give the Lord a clap and just thank him for that? Thank you, Lord. Let me just pray over us tonight before we, before we leave. Father, I pray tonight that every one of us would just grab hold of the truth that we are the righteousness of you through Christ. 
Thank you for that truth. God, seal it in our lives. Help us to recognize all that we have through Christ, the riches uh, that we have through him, even the provision of our financial need. I know that there are no doubt that there are those here tonight who have financial need, God. There are things that they don't understand how they're going to work out, and we ask tonight for your intervention, your blessing, your favor, your provision. We will trust in you, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Don't miss next week. We'll close this out talking about uh, who we are in Christ and how we can reign in life. It's more than just religious phraseology. It'll affect our lives. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.